0: was about three or four years old and she was staying in the kitchen chair and she just sang it over and over and over again you are my king you are my king you are my king and and i really got something out of that a three-year-old could could praise god in that way and i got a message all the it, i think but um are we ready i'm going to preach this week on different methods of healing and i don't have a lot of notes today I do have a ton of scripture that's something I usually try to stay away from, but I need to show you this in first person today, right? I don't want you to get confused and think I might have it mistaken, or it's just some bald-headed preacher up here telling you this, but I'm going to show it to you in the Word of God. So get your own Bibles out, read it in your Bibles. I'm really loud back here, Brother Andy. Can you turn me down on the monitors just a little bit? Kind of booming back here. Um, So I, I have a lot of scripture, not a lot of notes. I'm going to be brief today, and I could have brought this all probably in one message. Last week we preached on healing right? We believe in healing. Everybody agreed. We believe in healing. Can we say that one more time together? I believe in healing. I believe in healing. I believe that God is a healing God. I believe that he's a powerful God, right? We have, we we can tap into the same power we learned last week. We can tap into the same power that God used when he raised Christ from the dead, right? But I want to break this down into small bite-sized segments for you because if I, if someone tells me 10 or 12 things, I'm going to remember one or two of them, right? But if I tell you one or two things, odds are you're going to retain them a lot better, right? I'm not talking down about you, but this is, this is just our human nature. My pastor used to say, you can only think about, or you can only have five or six things at one time before you forget something. Well, I'm a little simpler than that. I can only have a couple things at one time before I start forgetting things. And this is, this is vital that we get this, the, the, the ministry of healing down inside of us, how, how God uses healing. So the different methods of healing we'll be talking about today, right? So we're going to be brief and it's going to be quick, but, but here we go. So last week, I preached on I Believe in Healing and why we believe in healing, and I showed you a ton of scripture of why we believe in healing. So you, you can have it firsthand. Mark your Bibles up. We're going to start studying. On Wednesday nights, we're going to do a Bible study in here for a while. Um, it'll be a Bible study from the pulpit, so we can, we can keep control of the room. Bring your Bibles. I'd like to have a lot of different translations here so we can read and get a more full understanding. I believe that's what we do when we read different translations, is we get a more full understanding of what the Word's saying to us. Yeah. Right? We're going to have concordance, we're going to have Bible dictionary, we're going to have some, some tools out here to help us understand things, but we're going to get to the, to the bottom of some things. So It'll give us a first-hand experience also, rather than me just telling you about it. Right, When you look it up and you read it in your own Bible, it means a little more to you. Right, You get a little bit more out of it. Right, When you look it up in the concordance and you get the definitions for yourself, you're going to get a little bit more out of it than you do if I just tell you what it is, if I do all the work for you. Plus, it'll teach you how to look things up in your Bible. Right? I got all of y'all a highlighter. It came in in time. <laughs> right in that thing. Don't be afraid of it. It's, it's a book, and it's a holy book, but, but I, I have highlightings in my Bibles from years ago, and sometimes I can remember about where it was at, but I'll go back through there, and I'll find it because it is highlighted. But, however, I, last week we had I Believe in Healing, the scripture, why we believe in it. Jesus sent the disciples. He just sent not only disciples because he sent the first 12, then he sent out the 70, right? Then he talked to us later on about it also, but he sent them out to preach, to teach, To heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, right? For the ministry of reconciliation. This is what this is for. This isn't for us to show off God's miraculous power for anything besides him to get the glory and to bring people back to him. That's what it's for, right? I showed you this in scripture last week. Everyone who is saved is in the ministry of reconciliation, right? So then can we say everyone that is saved is in the healing ministry? Everyone that is saved. If you came through the blood of Christ, you're in the healing ministry. Right? It's going to take some boldness to step out into it. That's why we have to have a first-hand experience with it, right? All in the ministry. But I'm not the healer. I'm in, I'm in the healing ministry. I've seen people healed through God using me, but that doesn't make me the healer, right? He's the healer. Yeah. That takes some pressure off us when we realize that he's the healer, and we don't have to do anything except pray and believe that he can do it. Yeah. And I know that he can do it. Once you've seen some miracles in front of you, you just know that you know that you know. No one can say anything or do anything to convince you otherwise, right? So this week, we're going to talk about the different methods by which he uses us in the ministry of healing, right? He doesn't just use pastors, right? right? He uses everyone, the whole body. We're all part of the body of Christ. It's not the building. It's us. We're the church. He uses all of us in the ministry of healing, right? Everyone who's saved, go, go to Acts or, or 2 Corinthians 5.18. I'm not going to read it today, but we had it last week. 2 Corinthians 5.18 tells you if you've been saved, you're in the ministry of reconciliation, and it's used for the ministry. So this is your ministry that we're talking about today. We're going to start off in James five sixteen. James five sixteen says this: This is one way, one method that God uses to heal. Right? Confess your trespasses one to another. Now wait a minute, Pastor. We don't have. To, I don't have to tell people my sin, and you don't have to tell me your sin. But we do tell. We do tell people in the church people that we can confide in. Where we break down at sometimes, so that they can pray for us, right? We tell them if we're, if we're sick, where we get, where, where they can pray for us at, right? If I have a familiar sin, and we all do, if we'll be if we'll be honest with ourselves, we all have familiar sins. So if you let that be known unto your church body, unto your church family, then they can pray for you. Are you following me? This isn't even my main point today, but they can pray for you to, for you. And then what happens? That you may be healed. Who can be healed? Now, catch this right here, because I never caught it like this before, that you may be healed. So I'm going to pray for Sister Linda that I may be healed. Are you following me? I'm going to pray for Brother Adam that I may be healed. It doesn't say that they may be healed, does it? It says that you may be healed. So it's the power of our words, what we talked about last week, right? Out of the abundance of the heart. A good man out of the good treasure heart brings forth good things or flings forward, flings them out in front of him. But when we're praying for other people's healing, that healing comes into our path. It, it, it comes back to us. Yeah. Are you following me? It comes back to you when you pray for others, that you may be healed. The effective, effective, fervent, fervent, I gotta slow down here, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Your words are weighty when you're a righteous man or a woman. He's talking about mankind here. Your words are weighty, right? So when we ask God to forgive us and we're right by God, does your, all's Bible, your all's Bible says the same thing, right? That, that you may be healed. It doesn't say they, it says you may be healed. So when we pray for each other, we'll see healings coming. So, so prayer is one way that we can use, right? And then in Acts 8, 1 through 3, is another method of healing that God uses. You have that one back there? Or Matthew 8, 1 through 3, I'm sorry. Matthew 8, 1 through 3. When he had come down, he being Jesus, when Jesus had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was gone. So he did it by the touch, right? By touch, by laying on of hands here, right? So Jesus did this here, and then in Mark 6, 5 says this. Now he could do no might. he being Jesus, he could do no mighty work because they had, dis- they had disrespected him right there. You know, what, you know the part I'm talking about, right? Because they said, right before this, they said, who is this guy, Jesus? First they were amazed by his teachings, and then they said, who is he? Isn't his mom Mary? And they lived right down the road in Bethlehem? You know the part part I'm talking about? So it says now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them. He healed them through laying on his hands, right? In Luke 4:40 it says this. Luke 4:40 when the sun or when the sun was setting, all those who had any or all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him being Jesus and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. He laid his hands on every one of them so we can lay hands on people and heal them, right? But a lot of people will think, I can't do that, Pastor. I can pray for them from a distance, but there's no way I can lay my hands on them. I don't have, I'm, I'm not a bold type of person. I don't have a bold personality. I can't lay my hands on someone, right? Or I don't know how to do that, right? Or I'm not qualified to do that. What's it say he did? He said, you take your hands and you lay it on them. That's not that tricky, It's not that tricky. It's in our head. It's 95% mental. We've just got to get past that. Take your hands and lay it on them. The ministry of healing is for all of us, right? It's that simple. Anyone can do that. Anyone can take their hands. Anyone who's saved can do it. Take your hands and lay it on them, right? That becomes dangerous to the devil when that happens. It becomes dangerous because we can break chains of bondage. We can break addiction. We can see people healed just by taking our hands and laying it on them and praying the prayer of faith. Praying that prayer. You're not the healer. He's the healer. We just have to have the faith to take our hands and put it on them and say that prayer. It's that simple, right? So I found, I know I read three, three verses about this, but I found 18 other verses of scriptures about laying hands on people. In the Bible, I don't have time to read them all to you. If you want them, I can give them to you after church, but you just take your hands and lay it on them, right? First Timothy 5.22, right? Talks about hasty hands. Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sin. Keep yourself pure. Now, a lot of people I've heard talk about this, they're worried about who touches them, who they touch. I've been in that boat myself before, but let me tell you something. When you're saved... And you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. The Spirit comes. We've learned this already. We preached about being filled with the Holy Ghost for about a month or a while back. The Spirit moves inside of you as soon as you're saved, right? You get the Holy Ghost inside of you. Then there's a second, a second, the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Who lives inside of you? The Holy Spirit. So can a foul spirit jump inside of me and throw the Holy Spirit out? That's why I'm not afraid to lay my hands on people and pray for anybody. Are you following me? But he says, don't do it hastily. So I'm not just walking up, put my hands on anybody at any time. You don't lay your hands on someone until you're ready to release your faith into that person. Are you following me? We're not mixing things up here. When I'm ready to release my faith into you, then I'll touch you. You can come up, tell me what it is I'm going to pray about. I'm not touching on you at that time. It's when I'm ready to release my faith into the situation, that's when I touch you. That's why he's saying don't do it hastily. He's saying nor share in other people's sins. You you can transfer spirits in this way. Are you following me? That's a thing that happens. But when you're saved and you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you've got this power of God living inside of you, the devil's not going to come in and and cohabitate with the Holy Ghost. Not going to happen. But you better know who you are in Christ, I'm talking about. You better know who you are, right? And who lives inside of you? You need to have a good foundation of that right there. So, so, so far, we've talked about methods of praying. We've talked about methods of laying on hands. We've talked about, oh, here, here's another one. James 5, 14 and 15 says this. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Who's the church? We're the church, right? Call for the elders of the church. Why the elders? They're the ones that should be more spiritually mature, right? If you're living this thing down, and if you're digging in, not just reading your word, but studying your word. There's a difference in reading and studying because you could read and you can read and you can read. I could read five books today in the Bible. I could. I'm not that fast a reader, but some of you could. You could read a lot of books in the Bible, but what's more important to do that or read just a few verses and get the true meaning of them, right? But those elders, they have that spiritual maturity about them. That's why he brings them in front of the spiritual mature. He knows how they know how these things work and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. This is another method right here. Anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. Does it say what kind of oil? It doesn't say oil from the Holy Land, does it? It doesn't say oil from an olive tree that grew up right outside the Garden of Eden. Doesn't say that. Doesn't say what kind of oil. You see, Samuel filled his horn with oil, it says. Saul was anointed. With oil. David was anointed with oil. Aaron was anointed with oil. It could be olive oil. It could be cooking oil. I've anointed someone with chapstick before. Has oil in it. We didn't have anything else. Has oil in it. You can use 10W30. The power is not in the oil. It's his power. It's his power. There's nothing special about the oil. It doesn't have to come from the Holy Land. And anyone can do this. Anyone who's saved. Anyone who's saved can anoint someone with oil. What's it say? In the name of the Lord. And what happens next? Come on, verse 15. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. He shall be healed for more than just the physical ailments. So what's the healing for? Right? It's for, it's for putting people back for reconcile, for the ministry of reconciliation. That's what he's talking about here, right? We're healing people for the ministry of reconciliation. Can you imagine if the whole church would get a hold of this? Not just Grace Family, but every Bible preaching church would get a hold of this, and we've we've seen limbs start growing out. Think about it. People healed from things that you don't think they can be healed from. Miraculous miracles, the power that we're talking about that's in this book. Think about what it would look like. We would all have to quit our jobs. I talked about this a little bit last week. We'd all have to quit our jobs. We'd we'd all have to be in the full-time ministry. There'd be people coming from around the world wanting us to pray with them, wanting us to lay our hands on them, wanting us to anoint them with oil. Think about it. You wouldn't have to worry about money. The money would come in. Not that it's about money, but the souls would come in also. We'd have to build bigger buildings. You follow me? The church would, talk about a revival, start praying for people. Start praying for healing. Get this down inside of us that we start doing these things, right? So the method so far is we can pray, we can lay hands on, we can anoint people with oil. Psalms 107.20 says this, another method. 107.20, do you have that one back there, sis? Mark? Oh, I got our turn. Oh, It talked about how the disciples, Mark 6, 13, talked about how the disciples anointed people with oil and cast out many demons. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. They were all healed. The disciples didn't heal them, but it was the power of Jesus that healed them. So that's that's still anointing with oil. So let's look at uh, 107.20 now, Psalms 107.20. And he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from the destruction. So you can send the word out. When you're not close enough that you can talk, there's no distance of prayer. You can pray for anybody around the globe, right? But you you can't always lay hands on someone. You can't always anoint somebody. But you can send the word. And here's an example where Jesus did it. We're going to read Matthew 8, 5 through 11, and then then 13. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. He was going to come down there and do it. And whether he prayed for him, whether he laid hands on him, whether he anointed him, I don't know what Jesus had in mind. Jesus could just speak and it happened, right? You follow me? This is Jesus Christ we're talking about. But I'll come and heal him. And verse 8 says this, And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. He knew about sin and the word. He knew about authority. For I also am a man under authority, and I want to talk to you about this right here real quick, to be under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and and he goes, and and to another, come, and he comes, and, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. So a man underneath of authority, that means the authority is delegated, right? And he has soldiers underneath him. A centurion would have been over 100 men. So he was a powerful military man. He had a hundred men underneath of him under his authority, but he was under authority himself. This is how we operate. We have to be under the authority of Christ. He's the head of the church. We have to be under the authority of Christ, and then everything with a name is subject unto us. We learned about this last week, right? But we have to be under that authority. And 10 says this. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those He marveled. Jesus, can you imagine Jesus marveling at a man? Can you imagine Jesus marveling at you? I have a definition of that right there. To marvel means, to marvel means to to admire. Jesus admired the centurion because of his faith. Think about that. Can you imagine what it would be like to have Jesus looking at you and saying, Adam, I admire you. He marveled at that. Jesus Christ. Because of this, because he understood how authority works. For surely I say to you, I have not found such a great faith, not even in Israel. And 11 says, I say to you that that many will come from the east and the west. I didn't mean to read this one. And set, that's unimportant. He goes on to say in chapter 13, read 13. It is important, but not for my message today. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, go your way... At, And as you have believed, he believed his faith had to come with this. And as you believe, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Jesus sent the word. We can send the word, right? There's no distance in our words in sending the word out. So this is just proof of this other method, right? So here's another way that Jesus used the word. Mark 11, 22 and 24. And I think this is my last scripture. So Jesus answered... Well, first off, I need to lay some background. This is They had went into the city. Jesus was hungry when he came upon the city. He saw a fig tree. You all know the story, right? Most of you know the story. Some of you may not, so I'm going to tell it. He saw a fig tree, and he, and he walked up, and the fig tree didn't have any figs on it, so he cursed the fig tree. He cursed it to die. They went to the city, came back out the next day. Him and his disciples did. Walked up, and, and the fig tree was dead. Withered up from the roots, it says. So the fig tree was dead, and, and they were amazed by this. Wow, you said this, and it happened. Are you following me? So then here's where it picks up at. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Who's the faith in? God. He's not the healer. He's not the, Jesus could be, but I'm not. He's not the one that has the power. He is. Or I'm not the one that has the power. He is. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, whoever does what? Says. Sends the word. You've got to put the word out there. You've got to speak the word out there and believe what you're going to say. Are you following me? It's powerful. Be removed and be cast in the sea. Was he talking about a mountain? No. He was talking about a tree. So he was talking about the mountain. You're right, though, Brother Adam. He was talking about a mountain. A mountain is anything that looks too big. It's insurmountable. You can't get under it. You can't get over it. You can't get around it. Are you following me? They were talking about a tree, though. They were looking at a tree. And he says, whoever says to this mountain... So he was talking about things in your life. He wasn't talking about the the physical thing they were looking at at the moment. Be removed and be thou cast of the seed and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. Not those things he works at. Those things he says will be done and he will have whatever he says he's going to have. Church, we've seen this in scripture. I've showed you in scripture again today. I showed you last week why we believe in healing. I've showed you in scripture this week the methods that God uses us to do it. Who's he use? us all of us it's not up to the preacher it's not up to the pope somewhat it is it's up to us to teach it's not up to the bishop are you following me it's up to the church it's up to the church we've got to get this down inside of us and understand the power that we have living inside of us greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world we've got to get this down inside of it and use it for his glory for his glory You want to see your family reconciled back to God? Heal some of them. See how that works out for you. Think about it. Think about the power that's in this thing that God gave to us, right? We've seen it in the Scripture. I know that we believe the Scripture, but maybe we're not strong enough in believing that in our faith yet to just do these things. To do these things, we have to have a strong root system. It's kind of like a plant. You can you, On a grapevine, anyway, I've had a grapevine, and I'm not doing very good with it, but now it's grown up the post and halfway across the top wire, but you've got to prune that thing off the first few years, right? God prunes us off. He takes things out of our life. He'll take things away from us, things that we're willing to give up, but it's so the roots grow strong, right? We've got to get this grapevine's roots to grow strong before it can produce fruit because if, you, if, you start, if you're trying to produce fruit first, it'll overload your root system, it doesn't work out like that, right? So we've got, to have, we've got to have a strong root system to this. We've got to get in. We've got to pray. We've got to study. We've got to, we've got to read the Word. We've got to have a relationship with God. We've got to have a relationship with our church family, right? It's critical that we're here all the time. A lot of us, all we're putting into ourselves is what we get here in a, in a couple hours a week. Are you following me? How, how is that conducive to a strong root system, right? So we can pray. We can lay hands on. We can anoint. We can send the word. And this is for every Christian. Every Christian. Every one of you can do this. If you've been saved, if you've got the Holy Ghost and fire living on the inside of you, you can do this. We can do this. Do we believe this? Think about this. We're going to learn more about it on Wednesday nights. Next week we're going to talk about our faith a little bit. We're going to go more in, depth, more in depth on our faith and how we we have to develop our faith. That's where our root system has to lie at is in our faith. We've got to develop our faith. You can't wait until you're in a storm to develop a faith to, to develop your faith. If you wait until you're in a storm when you're feeling pain when you're seeing things wrong, you're in trouble. You're in deep trouble. My pastor preached a message one time: Don't build your storm shelter in the middle of the storm. That'd be silly, wouldn't you pour concrete in the rain? One time I, I used to work for J. Dunham, we poured this big. It was called the Grand Stairway, big, huge staircase, about three stories high, real wide, probably 12, 16 feet wide, and it rained on it, and it washed all the Portland out of the concrete. So all we had was rock. wasn't structurally sound. had to jackhammer it all back out and do it again. We can't build our shelter in the middle of the storm. We've got to develop our faith beforehand. We're going to be studying on that. We're going to be, I'm going to be preaching on that next week. This, this Wednesday, we're going, to, we're going to talk a lot more about faith and, and these things more in depth. And we're going to look them up for ourselves. We're going to find them for ourselves. With that being said, we've got a little bit of time left. Anybody need prayer? Can we practice laying on of hands today? Anybody? Anybody been sick? Anything ailing you? Come on now. I know you're not all in perfect physical specimens. Huh? All right. Can we say this together then? I will not be afraid to lay my hands on someone again. I will not be intimidated. Next time God opens the door, I'll step through it. It may not be fun, folks. It may be uncomfortable. The first few times, it might be extremely uncomfortable, especially if you're in mixed company and someone needs hands laid on them and someone is looking at you funny. Sometimes that's extremely uncomfortable. If you're in the hospital and someone needs prayed for, someone needs led through, and part of the family may not even want you there. It's extremely awkward sometimes. But it's selfish and, and... not right or not it's not a good way to look at it to think it's all up to the pastor or it's all up to the preacher or the bishop or someone higher up than him maybe. Maybe they can do it. Maybe they can take care of it. And that's great if we can be there and we can pray. We're happy to do that. But it's up to the whole church. We're all in the ministry. We're all in this together. I need you and you need me. Right? Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We love you, Daddy, and we praise your mighty name, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would have your way in this day, Lord. Cause us to realize this, Lord, to have a firsthand experience, Daddy, that you are the King of kings and you're the Lord of lords, Lord, and you call us out of these things, Dad, not to leave us there, Lord, but you'll equip us, Father God. You'll give us the words that we need in the very time that we need them, Father. Lord, cause us to have a, a, a real understanding of this, Lord. Cause our root system, Lord, to be in you, Father Lord. We thank you for these things, Daddy, and we praise you for these things, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would cause this to, to fall on good, rich, deep soul today, Lord. And we have testimonies when we get back here on Wednesday night, Father. We thank you for these things, Daddy. Lord, I'm looking for people to be healed, Lord, people to be saved through these things, Lord, through this ministry that you've placed on this church, Lord, this local body. We thank you for these things, Dad, and we praise you for these things, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would keep us safe physically, keep us safe spiritually, Lord, financially, Father God. Bless these people, Father. Lord, I pray that you would bring us back here on Wednesday with a visitor, Lord. we pray that you would protect the ones who are traveling today, Father God, the ones who are out, Lord, for whatever reason, Lord. Convict them if they need to be, Lord. Bring them back to your house, Lord, whether it's here or somewhere else, Lord. But cause them to get in and get involved, Daddy. In Jesus' name we pray these things, Father. Amen.